want to share something today, and I want it to be, I hope, very short, very simple, but I hope that it speaks to our hearts. I hope that it speaks to your heart as it has already spoken to mine, and uh, that you might see something to apply in your own life. This is something that um, has been a real concern and a burden to me for some time, and I've kind of shared somewhat generally in this area, but differently. But I want to get kind of specific with you today, as much, and simple with you today as possible. Um, our son, uh, David, called this week and was talking with us, and he made a statement. He commented about it, a few things, but uh, the thing that I caught was a statement that he said that I realized it was something that, that the Lord would have me to share. I don't know how God always tells me what to share, but he does it in strange ways. And this time, it, this is this way. And it was simply the words about looking back. He mentioned something about looking back. I don't remember all that he said, but that stuck in my mind, how we look back or the thought of looking back. And you know, in, in applying it to you and I, I think it's important that we might, might uh, look at this word. Occasionally we have sung this song, and the song is, I have decided to follow Jesus. And there's a part of that chorus, that song that says, no turning back. I think that at times we've always all been guilty of turning back or looking back. The looking back, I think, begins and then the turning back. In Proverbs 14 and verse 14, it says the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Do you know what backsliding means? The word? The word simply means to turn around and go backwards. You know, it doesn't mean backing up. Because in order to, to turn around, I mean, to, to, to go away from something, you have to take your eyes off of it. You can't keep your eyes on Jesus and go back, away from him. We think of backsliding as backing like, you know, backing up like this, backing up. You can't keep your eyes on Jesus and go away. If you ever get your eyes on him and keep them on him, you go forward. So it's talking about our turning around. And I want to talk to you about two people in the Word. First of all, I want to um, uh, share one more scripture. I want to read this one again, and then I'm going to go to Proverbs 1. It says, The backslider in heart. Notice that it's the backslider where? In heart. And folks, that's where it all begins. Everything begins in the heart. Everything begins when our heart begins to be indifferent or cold or longing for something. It, it begins in here. And then it begins in our carrying out things. But it says the backslider in heart shall be filled with what? 
his own ways. And look at what verse 23, I mean 32, excuse me, of chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1 says. It says, for the turning away, that word turning away is the same word uh, that's translated over here as backslider, backsliding. This is the same word, turning away. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. Now you keep that in the back of your mind as we go to these two people that I want to talk about. You keep that in the back of your mind. The turning away is going to do what to them? It's going to slay them. It says also, it says, And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. The results of going away from God is going toward death. You know, there's something that's in the New Testament that I don't think that we've gotten a hold of real good. I don't think that we've gotten a hold of the seriousness the absolute seriousness of what it says in the New Testament about sin. It says that we're drawn away of our own lust and sin, you know. It brings forth what? Death. I don't think we realize that when we sin, something does die. And, I, and I'm a firm believer that the ultimate results of our continuing in sin leads to one thing, and that's physical death. I mean, it's not something that we casually talk about and play around with. It's something that has such serious consequences that we keep going our own way. It ultimately produces death. I'm reminded of the tree that uh, Jesus talked about one time. We found a tree that had no fruit. Or the husbandman, you know, came and the owner of the vineyard came and no fruit on the tree. And you know what he told? Well, you know what he told the man? That, I mean, the one that was taking care of the, the vineyard. You know what he told him to do with it? Kill it, cut it down. And the man that had the vineyard says, "Let's give it one more year." You know, that ought to scare the liver out of us. You know, am I playing around with one more year? Or do I really not take it seriously? Do I go on my own way and on my own way playing around one more year? Do I, how do I know that God hadn't said about me because of my stubbornness, stiff-necked, rebellious way and going against God and sinning against God that God hadn't come along to the Holy Spirit, and that was the type of what was the Father and the Holy Spirit, has come along and said, cut it down. And the Holy Spirit says, let's give it one more year. Let's deal with this person one more year. Have you ever heard of people living on borrowed time? I think that there are people that live on borrowed time. Now, the two people that I want to mention... Um, is found in Genesis chapter 19. And I want to show you two statements 
just briefly. I want to talk about them, but I, but I want to talk to you about a couple of statements that are astounding about these two people. It's a husband and a wife. It's Lot and his wife. A wife who had no more importance other than be, being called Lot's wife. You know, I don't know what her name was. Um, you remember the story about Lot? How that, in a previous chapter, it talks about the fact that Lot, being Abraham's nephew, living with Abraham, having the blessings put on him because of Abraham, but also on him because the Bible says over in Second Peter that Lot was a righteous man. He was a just man. And God had blessed him greatly. But you know, there was something a little bit different about Lot and Abraham. Both being men that were, were had a commitment toward God, who God in His Word called them righteous. In other words, what we call today saved. They had a relationship with God. And uh, they're both that way. But there's a little bit of difference in their heart, in their attitude. One is trusting God, and one is turning his face away from God and trusting in what he wants. Let me show you that. Let's back up uh, to a scripture. I think I prematurely got to that one, but let's go back to... Um, um, chapter 13. This is when they were separating. And there was some things said about Lot here that's important. It, it begins to reveal Lot's heart. And I think that when we want to find out something about someone, we need to look in the heart. We need to look in the heart. Okay? Listen what it says. Abraham had... They were having strife between them. And Abraham said, you know, let's don't have strife between us. Uh, you go your way and I'll go mine. And he told Lot this. He said, you choose whichever way you want to go and I'll go the other way. There immediately reveals Abraham's heart. Okay? Because Lot immediately looked up and looked what, what was good. He didn't say, well, that's half good and that's half good. Let's split the half good and half bad. Immediately, his desire was what's best and what can I get out of it. Now listen to what it says. Verse 10. Genesis 13, verse 10. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered, Everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. In other words, this place was so plush before God had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah that he compared it with the garden of Eden. It was so good. Like the land of Egypt as you come unto Zor. Then Lot chose him for himself all the plain of Jordan 
And Lot journeyed east. And you remember what east means, going away from God. And they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent toward, and the word means unto or up to, in other words, not in the general direction, but right up to it. You know, when I used to read this, I thought he just pitched his tent kind of so that whenever he looked out of his tent, he could see Sodom. But this word means right up to it. In other words, he went over there and pitched it right next to the city, right close to the city. And um, it says that, uh, uh, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. This didn't seem to bother Lot. You know, I've noticed something about myself. I want to talk about myself a little bit today in this. I've noticed something about myself. That when I want something, when I get my mind or my eyes set up on something that I want, I can find all the good reasons why I should have it and can be very deaf and very blind to all the reasons I shouldn't have it. I've done this all my life. Get my, I, my mind, eye hooked on something and I want to do, I want to go, I want to have. And uh, then after I get it, then I see all the things that everybody was telling me that I shouldn't do it. Then I see all those things, but I don't, you know, I, I purposely blind, you know, purposely don't want to hear, I don't want to see some things. I want what I want. Have you ever wondered what you wanted? Huh? And this is the way Lot was. Okay, they're bad, but I'm sitting out here. The main thing is, I've got all this good grass. And I've got this easy life. And I've got the best. And my calves and my cows and my sheep and my goats are growing big on this green grass. You know, let them do what they want to and I'll do what I want to. I, you know, I won't get involved. And uh, now let's go back to 19, chapter 19. Verse 1 says, There came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in his tent outside Sodom. Notice where it says that? Uh-uh. Where is he now? <laughs> He's not sitting in his tent anymore. He's sitting inside the gate of the city. And then the next verse he invites these men, or these two angels, he thinks they're men. He said, Behold now, my Lord, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's what? House. And where is that house now? Right inside Sodom. He was one of the elders of the city. Yeah. What we'd call on the city council today. 
He's on the city council of Sodom. And his ruling on the city council has done a lot of good in Sodom. It's changed it greatly. So bad that, I mean, so much that the angels finally arrive. It's getting so bad that he's going to destroy it. Now, you know the story, and I'm not going to go into all the story. But the angels told Sodom, I mean Lot, he says, God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Get out quickly. He says, get your family, everybody that you know, everybody that you have, and flee. And the words that I want you to look at is found in verse 16. And while he lingered. You see those four words? And while he lingered. You know, that says a lot about Lot's heart right there. Two angels standing right here, right next to him. He knows they're angels. He hears word from God. He knows they're going to be destroyed. He knows that, that a mandate has been made. I mean, it, God has said, this is it. And they said, get out quickly. Run for your life. That's what we'd say. Run for your life. And he lingered. Why did he linger? It's where his heart was. He still loved what he had. He still loved his possessions. He still loved Sodom. He still loved the fruited plain. <laughs> and he lingered. You know, God tells me and speaks to me about things in my life that ought not to be there. And do I quickly throw them down and run away from us? Oh, yeah, God, right away. Right away. You know what I do? I linger. Three years later, still lingering. God warning. And I linger because I love what I have and what I do. I love that more and I love God. That's what I'm saying. That's what Lot's saying here. Lingering. That's one of our steps, is lingering. It keeps us from doing away with things. Throwing it away. You know, that's what uh, um, Elijah was trying to tell the people at Mount Carmel. He said, why are you, what does that word halt mean? Anybody know what the word halt means? Why halt you between two opinions? Why, why are you standing there trying to decide what to do? He said, it's easy. If God is God, you serve God. If Baal's God, you serve Baal. In other words, make up your mind who God is. And we need to make up our mind who God is. Or what God is. Because some of our gods are what instead of a who. The only reason he wanted to stay 
you know, to linger. One last look. Let me, one last look. Well, can I take this with me? You know, what would you do? You know, like if in, in Dixie's parents' case, for instance, ex- is an example. Um, you'd go in there if someone robbed it and you'd hope they didn't get your prize thing, you know, the thing you like, you know. Well, they didn't get that. They got all this other, but they whew, didn't get that. Tells you what, where your heart is, it wouldn't it? It would. It says that the men laid hold upon their hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of the two daughters. The Lord knew just how many angels to send. Two hands, four people. And the Lord being merciful unto him. Look at that. The Lord being merciful unto him. And they, being kind, brought them. They drugged them forth and set him outside the city and told him to flee. That's God's mercy. You know, I think that's the only way that we're going to get away from some things. Is God destroy it in front of our eyes. Get rid of it. Drag us away from it. Kicking and squalling and screaming. I want my bicycle. You know. I want my toy. I want. While we're being drug away from it. You know. Is is that. Is that going to really please the Lord? Is that what we're going to be. Stand up later in testimony. After we've got. Finally got rid of our our thing and stand up and said, boy, I used to be chained to that thing and I, it used to be a problem with me, but I don't have it anymore. But you didn't tell about God getting a hold of you and dragging you and you squealing and hollering and crying and I don't want it. You know? And then we get free says, boy, look with it. <laughs> I'm free. But there's a worse thing than lingering. In Luke chapter 9. No, I'm sorry, 17. Luke chapter 17. He's talking about the last days whenever he's going to come. He's talking about how sudden it's going to be. And folks, you know how sudden this was? These men, these two angels came in before the gates were closed, so it must have been in the evening, just for about sundown, before the gates were closed, into Sodom. And they fled during the night, because the scripture later on tells specifically when it was going to be destroyed, and that was as the sun came up, in other words, the next morning. Now, you don't have choice. Here you are, sitting at the gate, the city council, everything's fine. Wife, two children at home, a couple of married children, two or three married children in the city with husbands and I don't know, maybe children and all, living in peace, uh, letting the world go by. You let the world do their thing and I'll do my thing. Uh, even though the Bible says his righteous soul was being vexed day by day by the things that he saw and the things they did, their behavior. And uh, all of a sudden, I mean, it was sudden. Here come these two angels. 
They get you by the hand, drag you out of the city, and everything you have and everything you own is gone. Now that's how sudden that God says is, uh, Jesus was talking about his appearing, his coming back. That's how sudden it's going to be. It's going to be that sudden that he says if you're on the housetop and you've got something on the inside, don't go down and get it. You won't have time. It's going to be so sudden, you think I have time to do anything. And in this, he's given some examples. Verse 29, he says, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. I'm sorry, this is verse 29 30. Did I tell you that? Okay. In that day, let him that shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house not come down and take it away. And let him also that is in the field not return. Verse 32. Remember Lot's wife? That's all he had to say. He didn't say remember Lot. He didn't say. Here's a warning. He said you remember Lot's wife. Now notice something. In the 19th chapter. Of Genesis. You know that. What Jesus was talking about. Was the fact that she looked back. They were warned not to look back. You know, you take things lightly. They were warned. Whatever you do, don't look back. Verse 17, escape for your life. Look not behind you, nor stay you in all the plain. Escape to the mountains and so forth. Don't look back. Now, have you ever heard that before? Hasn't he told us the same thing? Hadn't he told us to go forward and don't look back? You know, I noticed something. The Lord kind of dealt with me on this. There's a lot of things I look back on. But he dealt with me this morning that I don't even need to look back at all the good things that I experienced and had. I'm always looking back at, boy, back then when things was going good, etc. You know what they become when I start looking back? Even the blessings from God become an idol to me. When I'm more interested in, like it used to be, than I am looking forward to what God's going to make it, that becomes an idol back there. You remember... The idol that, um, that I think it was Asa destroyed that the people were worshipping. They were still worshipping and had the brazen serpent that Moses had used. They kept it around to worship it. The serpent was good in its time, but that time's over with. You know, it's time to, not what we've been and what we've had and all. You know, I've said this myself a number of times. Boy, I, I would love to have 
what I had back and I, I would mention a certain time. I would like to have the peace that I had and I'd mention a certain time. I'd like to have and I'd dwell on the times in the past like it used to be. But God's not... I shouldn't have my heart dwelling on the past, but on the future. You know, what has God got for us today? Well, this is what the Lord was talking about. Remember Lot's wife. Verse 26 says, But his wife looked back from behind him. Now notice that choice of words. And she became a pillar of salt. Notice that choice of words. Where was she? Huh? Behind Lot. I do that a lot of times. I don't want anybody to see what I'm going to do. I get out of their sight. I think she's planned all along. So, you know, boy. Boy. My new sewing machine back there. and my, You know. All these new things and all these good things I have. And she knew. You know, she had to. She kind of drug behind. Go on a lot. I. Get a little tired. I'll, I'll catch up with you. Let him get up ahead of her so she can turn around and take that peak. It said something of Lot, though, without even saying it. That when she did this, that I think he started getting some understanding about God and His seriousness. But He didn't look back at her. You see what I'm saying? Here she slipped back behind Him and turned and became a pillow salt, but He didn't look back. Not even at her to find out what happened or anything. He finally got the message. Get my eyes fixed forward and get out of here. God means business. And I better mean business or I'm in trouble. Where, where are we? Got our eyes fixed towards Sodom? Just got the longings now for the good grass and the good things. No matter what, you have to compromise to get it. As long as you get the good things. The world says, you only go around once in life, don't they? Get all you can. Or have we moved into Sodom to where we're at now? We accept everything that the world is doing. And we're proud of ourselves that we're not getting involved in it. But we're sure not against it. Or have we now heard a word from God? Have we come to this place? And that warning, get out. And we're lingering with the danger of what? Turning back. Looking back, rather. You know, there's not a one of us here this afternoon that's immune 
to what I've said. Not a one of you can say, that does not apply to me. I know it applies to me. And I know you're no different than I. That in some place, in some area, in some way in our life, this applies to us. It's something that God may have already been talking to you about before he even got here this afternoon. And you might even said, uh, you know, why'd you bring that up? I've heard it all week. Or perhaps this is the first time in a long time God's reached out and punched you in the heart and showed you the direction that you're going. Boy, God never misses a, a trick in the Word. From the moment He left Abraham, the direction He was going was east. And in Scripture, as I've shared with you before, when it speaks of going east, it's always going away from God. What can we do? If God's really God, and I think that's a choice ultimately we have to make. Not just today, but I think it's something every day. Easy the Lord or not. If He is, I think it's this simple. And yet it's hard. If you make the first choice and it's real, the second choice will not be difficult. If the first choice that he is Lord, the second choice means that you'll obey him because he's Lord. And so the second part is, is whatever he shows you, obey it. Isn't that oversimplifying it? Huh? But did you know that that's, the, that's all there is to it? There is no formulas? I don't have two aspirins. Go to bed. I'll see you tomorrow. It all boils down to one thing. Who is really Lord or boss of your life. Who are you going to let be Lord of your life? This thing. This desire. This habit. This. I don't know what to call them. You, you, you have to define it in your own life. I don't want to pick on things. Because you'll think that's the only thing there is. Is this ruling you? Or is the Lord ruling you? It's a tough choice. I'm not saying it's an easy choice. I would, I would probably, if I was to ask this question before this message, if I had started and asked you, how many of you really will, can say in your heart, you know, how many, the, that Jesus is Lord of your life? 
you know? We've probably had a show of 95% of you. For whatever reason. Because everybody else is or what are, you know. Or you believe that. But the proof of it is what you do with it and not what you say. What scripture have I told you over and over again about Lord? Why you quote it with me? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? There it is. Either quit calling him Lord or do what he says. And that is the end of the story. Okay. And folks, the only one that can apply this is you and me. I can't apply it for you. You can't apply it for me. And God is the only one even to reveal and show you that thing or that practice, that thing in your life that he wants to deal with today. Now he's not going to deal with your entire life today. But he'll deal with something today. And he'll deal with something tomorrow. But that's where. That fellowship begins to grow. As we begin to learn. To obey again. And make him Lord today. And then when tomorrow comes. He's Lord tomorrow. And the day after that. He's Lord the day after that. And be willing to lay down these things in our life that He's not pleased with. You know, it's not what you're pleased with in my life or not. It's what He's pleased with. Because I may ask you, say, well, what about you? What do you think about this thing I'm doing? How's anything wrong with it? Oh, good. Lord said, and I do. Yeah, but he don't. And everybody else is. Why can't I? Now, who's Lord? Well, let's see. <laughs> I guess you are. Well, then what counts? I guess what you say counts. Simple formula. But one's got to be dealt with every day. Every day of your life. Okay. Well, I could add and add and add and add and add to it, but I think that says it as plain as I can say it. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. That was the culmination of all of it. All that Lot saw, all that Lot did, all that Lot moved, all that Lot lingered over, the results was they lost his wife. She had learned a lot from Lot to the point where she turned back and lost her own life.